Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Language Classroom, a branded podcast brought to you by Fuel Education. Fuel Education partners with school districts to fuel personalized learning and transform the education experience inside and outside the classroom. The company provides innovative solutions for pre-K through 12th grade that empower districts to implement successful online and blended learning programs. I'm your host, Andréanne King. The Language Classroom is a podcast about world languages, education, and how to design the best program and activities for your classroom. We are here to be your guide on the nitty-gritty of what makes a language classroom successful. How can you get your students to speak more, get better results? In our episode, we will take you step-by-step to create your very own language program using the latest pedagogy and design techniques available. Think of it as free professional development that you can listen to in your car or out on a walk. With each episode, you will also be able to access free downloadable content related to the topic of the episode by going to resources fueleducation.com forward slash podcast. Each episode will come with a PowerPoint providing some visual support, explaining the concepts of the theme, and some templates and resources to help you in the creation of your language program. So let's get started. Today, our first deep dive will be on proficiency levels. We'll be talking about what they are and how they can help you tailor your learning objectives so students can make the most out of their time in the classroom. Proficiency levels are a crucial tool that describe the ability level with which a learner can produce language in a spontaneous setting. That last part is actually pretty important. When you are in your classroom and your students present, is that an accurate display of proficiency? Surprisingly, it's not. If we look to ACFL, which is the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Language, and is largely considered the reference for everything related to language education in North America, they make a pretty clear distinction between proficiency and performance. Think of it like this. Proficiency is what your students can do in an informal conversation or when they have to produce language in the real world. Performance is the language they display in a control environment, such as a test or a presentation. A little like two ends of a same continuum. That difference is important since the goal of a communicative-based classroom should be to bring the students to a high level of proficiency through a series of rehearsed performances, also known as your classroom activities. Knowing the proficiency level of your students when you begin the school year gives you an advantage. It helps you set a benchmark for their progress throughout the year, outside of the traditional assessment required of your schools. Knowing the proficiency level of your students when you begin the school year also allows you to properly calibrate the activities for sustained comprehensible input. That's the I plus one you've heard about in school. And finally, design learning objectives that are appropriate for what your students can already do and should aim to do this year. I'm hoping that at this point you agree that the case is pretty strong for why proficiency levels are very important. Let's dig in and find out what they are. The proficiency levels can be imagined as different sections of an inverted pyramid. At the very bottom, the smallest part of the inverted pyramid, are novice students. Novice students are often considered the parrots of the language learning world. They produce at the word level and are very good at memorizing and repeating words. 
While they do learn to produce at the sentence level during their time in the novice sphere, they will mostly repeat prompted phrases as opposed to being able to put them together themselves. Those students will be able to say their name, their age, a lot of information about them, but in short words and rehearsed sentences. They will often have a communication breakdown when trying to ask or respond to questions. Novice students are what you're most likely to encounter in level one or two of language programs. Above the novices in our pyramid are the intermediate students. Those students are considered the language survivor. They can create sentences with the language in the present tense. They can answer and ask simple questions, and they can also handle a simple situation or a real life task. Those students are most likely to respond to questions in short sentences or single words and will usually stick to the present tense when responding. Often, intermediate students will have trouble responding to questions asking them to describe events in the past or their plans for the future. Intermediate students are often found in level two and three of a language program. Moving on, we then find the advanced students, known as the reporters. Advanced students can produce in the past, present, and future, but in familiar context and situation. They can narrate and react to unexpected situations and tasks. Those students should be able to tell you a story about their childhood and their plans for the future. However, they'll struggle in answering hypothetical questions or analyzing an unfamiliar situation. Those students will most likely be in your level 4 class. Close to the top of the pyramid are the superior students, also known as the thinkers. Those students are most likely to be in the AP courses, and their focus is shifting from learning common words and sentence structures to analyzing content in more specific fields. They are able to make hypotheses on unfamiliar situations, provide a supported opinion, and discuss abstract topics. Interestingly enough, a lot of native speakers don't reach this level until they have been in school for many years. Finally, sitting on top of the pyramid are learners in the distinguished proficiency level. Those learners are described by ACFL as being able to produce highly sophisticated and tightly organized extended discourse. At the same time, they can speak succinctly, often using cultural and historical references to allow them to say less and mean more. At this level, oral discourse typically resembles written discourse. For the purpose of our podcast, we won't spend too much time on this category of students, as you most likely won't find them in your classrooms. To recap, if we imagine a range of production radiating from all those language learners, the novice students will be able to talk about themselves. Intermediate students will be able to provide information on their daily life. Advanced students will talk about their community and superior students will be able to talk about the world around them. So far, we know that there are four major proficiency levels, but there's a way to get a bit more granular when assessing our students. Each major level is also divided in three sub-levels, known as low, mid, and high. Those sub-levels help classify learners in an even more specific way. If we go back to our novice students, In a single classroom, you are often likely to find students at the novice low level, novice mid, and novice high. The students in the low sub-levels are the baseline performance for the level. They can produce in a sustained way, but are just hanging on. If you think about the novice level requirement, they would be barely passing. 
After that, you can find students at the mid-level. Those students offer a solid performance for the level. They check all the boxes and can do it all the time without too many issues. They provide quantity and quality and can often show features from the next level but cannot sustain them. Finally, the high sub-level students produce most of the time at the next major level but often fall back to the level below. Those students find it easier to complete the task at their levels and can manage to accomplish production at a level higher as well, but sometimes may stumble when trying to sustain for a long time. For example, a novice low student may repeat words and phrases, but still make a lot of mistakes and may not demonstrate a large variety of words in production. Our novice mid student should be able to repeat sentences and use the correct vocabulary in different exchanges. They should be able to respond to certain questions, but cannot ask them. The novice high student may use words, repeat sentences, and may also ask questions, but not all the time, and not in all rehearsed contexts. They may still make a lot of mistakes in the choices of word or the verb tenses. Once they're able to sustain that type of production, they're then considered intermediate low. So basically, the jump between level happens when a student can accomplish tasks from the next level without suffering any breakdown in production for the duration of the exchange. So how long does it take to go from one level to another? Well, that depends. It depends on when a student starts to learn a language and how many hours a week they can devote to their language acquisition. In a single school year, you're most likely to see jumps between sublevels than major levels as one year is a short time to go from intermediate to advanced, for example. However, movement at the lower sub-levels and between lower levels, for example, from novice low to novice mid, happen much quicker than movement at the higher sub-levels, for example, novice high to intermediate low. It is difficult for a learner to finally sustain production and jump to the next big level, so often you will see your lower level student gain proficiency much quicker but then slow down as they're entering the intermediate level. And is it the same for all languages? Actually, it's not. For North American students who speak French, Spanish, or English as a native language, learning another Romance language will happen much quicker than if they're trying to learn Chinese, Arabic, or any other language with a drastically different alphabet or sound. Often, the jump from novice to intermediate will take longer for those languages, but as they get more advanced, they will rejoin students learning Romance language as far as the speed of proficiency gain is concerned. So far, it may seem like we have spent a lot of time talking about speaking and oral production. However, proficiency and performance can be observed in the four skills and three modes. Let's do a quick recap if you're not familiar with those concepts. The four skills are the traditional areas of language learning, speaking, listening, reading, and writing. By now, I'm sure that you're familiar with those concepts as they're closely linked to standardized testing and curriculum language. What might be a new concept for you are the different modes of communication. The modes are the element necessary to reach the goal of communication. There are the interpersonal, interpretive, and presentational modes. The interpersonal mode is what you would consider a two-way conversation. Whether it's oral or written, Interpersonal communication is an active negotiation of meaning between two individuals. Often, 
It will happen in a spontaneous context, like if you're asking someone information on how to get from point A to point B. In the digital age, interpersonal communication can also be done through text and instant messaging. If we think back to our proficiency levels, novice students won't quite be able to participate in meaningful interpersonal communication as their vocabulary is really limited and they often struggle to respond to questions on the spot. Next is interpretive communication. Picture yourself in a foreign country, sitting in front of a menu at a restaurant. While you're trying to understand the different words on the page that are supposed to be a Spanish dish, you're taking part in interpretive communication. You can think of it like a one-way conversation where you're trying to understand what the author of the message means without interacting with the person. Interpretation goes beyond just understanding the words as it also means that the learner can get the meaning and tone of a specific piece or analyze the context or intent beyond just the words on the page. Finally, the presentational mode is also a type of one-way conversation, but where the learner is the one providing and presenting the information. Think of it like a presentation in front of the class or a text relaying an opinion. In this case, the person engaging in that mode of communication isn't negotiating meaning, but is putting together all the pieces of the linguistic puzzle to provide information. That also includes being aware of the audience and their linguistic level. As you can see, the modes of communication are intertwined with the different linguistic skills, as you can find interpersonal situation both in the oral and written form, interpretive communication in reading and listening tasks, and presentational communication through writing and speaking productions. Before we finish today's episode, let's get a little more hands-on and talk about how to assess your students in the classroom and determine their proficiency levels. If you want to go the avenue of a formal test, many of them are offered online for a fee. However, you can certainly put together your own performance observation by creating a series of short tasks for your student to complete. As you remember from the beginning of the podcast, those activities won't be a real test of proficiency until students aren't in a formal setting, but it will help you determine where you need to begin when designing your classroom curriculum. On our podcast page, we have adapted an observation grid and a question flowchart which can help you informally assess your students' oral performance. The goal of any informal, and in this case oral assessment, is to find the breaking point of the student. At which moment in the conversation will they be stumped? The breaking point is your indication that you have reached a top proficiency level for the student. From there, you can ask similar questions than the one which caused the breakdown to see if they can sometimes produce at that level. If they can do it often, it probably means that you have a student that is in the high sub-level. If they can do it, but only a few times, you most likely have a student at the mid-level of a proficiency benchmark. If they systematically miss all the questions that created a breakdown, this student should be at the low sub-level. Here is an example. You are teaching French 1, which most likely means that your students are novice level. You start the conversation with the student by asking them simple questions about themselves, their name, their age, where they're from. At this point, if the student can answer all of those questions, they're most likely in the mid-level. If they can't, this student is novice low. To see where the breaking point is, you can ask the same student to tell you about their family. 
They can often name most of the people, may have trouble giving more information than their age, name, and what they do. This should be your first sign that the student is probably not at the high level. You can then ask the student to ask you a question. They may not answer. You try rephrasing, they still might not be able to answer. You ask another type of question that is not solely biographical, and they might not be able to answer. That usually means you have reached a breaking point, and you can determine that the student is most likely novice mid. Once you can assess your students using task in all three modes and four skills, it should give you a starting proficiency point for your class, which we will use in our next episode to create some learning objectives. On the podcast page, we will also link the actual proficiency level descriptors, which will help you create your own task to determine the level of your students. Join us next time as we explore can-do statements, Bloom's taxonomy, and how to write and unpack the best learning objectives for your level. The Language Classroom is brought to you by Fuel Education. It is hosted by myself, Andréanne King. Find more information on Fuel Education and their large catalog of world language courses at fueleducation.com.